Hey friend, this is Ben Liston, Senior Pastor of the Stanton First Church of God. I want to personally thank you for joining us today here on our podcast. I hope the message is challenging, encouraging, and builds your faith. Now enjoy the message. I do have a message for you this morning that, that I think would be very encouraging um, and, and helpful to some of us here this morning. And I think it's a good a good way to just to end this year. A good way to just end this year because I want to talk about the gospel. The gospel. It's just, you know, I've heard many, many people say that if you have nothing else to preach on, preach on Jesus. If you have nothing else to say, then talk about the gospel. Well, folks, there's nothing better for us to talk about than Jesus. There's nothing more important for us to really discuss and dig into and to learn more about and to try to apply more and more is the gospel. But now I'm going to tell you, take you back to my childhood just a a little bit. I remember that we would play uh, different games in in the neighborhood and the subdivision where I grew up in there in Winchester, uh, Colonial Valley. Uh, we were one of the first families that actually moved into this subdivision, so there were no fences in the yards or anything yet, and it was just rows of houses. And so in the backyards, it was open for everybody to play, and we would get back in, in uh, the backyards of about three or four houses and uh, just play games. We played baseball, uh, football, tag, um, Star Wars, Love playing Star Wars, you know, all that kind of stuff. We had a blast. Really enjoyed doing it. One of my favorite ones, um, we only played once, but it was really cool. Um, we was t- Who could catch the arrow? Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're, we had the, you know, practice tip bow and arrow, and we'd stand in one yard, and somebody would go about three or four yards, you shoot the arrow, and everybody's down there trying to, you know, to catch the arrow. I never taught you all that game. Um, <laughs> we had it. That's what boys do. We're dumb, uh, you know. So, that, but that's what we did, and we had a lot of fun. And and the the object. If so, if you ever go and do this, so kids, youth, um, if you all coal, if you ever want to do something like this, catch it to the side. Okay, catch it to the side. Don't try to catch it like this. All right, because it don't work. Um, so anyway, that's why we only played it once because one of the kids couldn't catch. The arrow got him right here, right there in the clavicle. Bam! Just stuck right there and got into a little bit of trouble. But anyway, um, so, but we, we played football, we played basketball, we played all kinds of stuff. And, of course, you know, when kids get involved in games and start playing stuff, arguments obviously break out, right? One of the biggest arguments that we always had was when we were playing football, Right? You didn't have enough people to have a full lineman or anything. You usually had one person that was the quarterback and one person that would be a, you know, a defender and somebody running or somebody trying to go out and receive, catch the ball or something. So you had to do the Mississippis, right? So before the defender could go again, you had to count Mississippis, right? What, how do you count Mississippis? That's too slow. So... <laughs> And that was, general, that was generally the problem because the person that was counting the Mississippis before they could touch the quarterback, y'all following me? Y'all play that game like that? Well, he would count real fast. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi. That was too fast, 
right? So he would go and he would tackle the quarterback, and then they'd get into an argument. Finally, somebody would step in and say, look, just do over. Just, just do it over. All right, so you'll, you'll reset it, all right? And you would just do the play over. Football actually even has that. I don't know if you all know that or not, but if you have um, offsetting penalties, you just replay the down, right? And that's kind of what we did. We found that you could solve just about any kind of playground argument with a do-over, right? Do you all still do that? Still do that? Does he call do-over on you all the time? He cheats a lot, doesn't he? Well, any, any. Oh, let me tell you, I've learned a lot about Maddie this year. Um, yeah, she is major competitive, if you don't know that. Um, but she's a lot of fun. So, but we learned the power of the do-over. We had it in everything. Um, in baseball, I wasn't ready for the pitch, do it over. In basketball, you're at the free throw line. Well, the sun was in my eye. Do it over. Um, you're playing tag and you're running long. You get a cramp in your leg. Oh, I got a, I got a cramp. I got a cramp. Time out. Time out. Hold up. Do over. All right. It got to the point where we began overusing the do over. Right. So where when we started playing games, one of the first rules that we would have for our our games was no do-overs, right? We began doing that. Our, play, our, our video games even have do-overs. They're called reset button. Just reset it. I love that. The old Atari game. Who played the old Atari games? Yeah. A little joystick, one button, one joystick, one reset. You were good for all day. Anyway, but that's what, we, that's what we've done. And we had a lot of fun with that growing up. Um, but have you noticed that as we've gotten older, um, we get fewer and fewer do-overs? You know, you get fewer and fewer do-overs. And it gets rather, <laughs> rather complicated. But here's the thing. Mark chapter 16 gives us a story of the greatest do-over. The greatest do-over ever. I'm going to read for you, if you would, just follow along with me. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. 1 through 7. And it says this, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Solomon, or excuse me, Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples 
and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, church, there's an important do-over that we have in here, and there's two words that stick out to me more than anything. There's two words, and I wonder, did you catch them? Let me read these two verses for you real quick. Verses 6 and 7. Excuse me. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Did anybody catch the two words that might be sticking out to me? The disciples, what? And Peter. And Peter. Now why are we talking about Peter? Let's find out where we're at here. They went to prepare the body of Jesus. They're in despair because he's dead. The disciples are in hiding for fear that they're next. Right? Peter is even in the utmost despair and fear. Why? Why is Peter so scared right now? Why is Peter in such despair in this point in his life? Because he denied Christ. Now this is the same Peter that stepped out on the water and was walking on the top towards Christ. This is the same Peter that proclaimed the title, the purpose, the mission, the statement of Christ in His church by saying, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And yet we find Him hiding out in fear. And so now what we have is we have Jesus has paid the price. You have the, the, the ladies that have gone to the tomb to prepare the body, and guess what they find? It's empty. He's not there. And they have an angel saying, He is risen. Folks, this message is clear and it is short. Because Jesus says, you go tell the disciples and Peter. Don't forget Peter. I cannot even begin to imagine the despair that Peter was feeling. From the moment that he heard the cock crow, he knew what he had done. 
And because Christ is now dead, he has no way to take it back. This is a man that he followed for three and a half years. Left his family, left his business, left it all. Was bold, was brash. Said that I will die for you. And now here we find that he has denied him. Even to the point of cursing his own name. If anybody needed a do-over, it was Peter. He went from uh, making this statement that is, would, would be the truth and the foundation for the establishment of the church of Christ to a salvation-hindering devil, just like that. If anybody needed a do-over, it was Peter. Church, Jesus knew exactly what was going on and how Peter felt. He knew how Peter was going to feel because he knew what Peter was going to do. And he was preparing it anyway. He went to the cross anyway. He paid the price anyway. He paid the penalty anyway. He went into the tomb for three days anyway. And so when he comes out and he makes, he has all power, all authority on heaven and hell right here upon him under his control, under his power, all grace, all mercy, all forgiveness, all of that is now his. Guess what? He says, go tell my disciples and Peter. Don't forget Peter, I'm so glad that he called Peter personally. He gave Peter a personal invitation to himself. I'm so glad that he did. Because when he called Peter, guess what? He's called me. He says, go tell my church and Tom. Don't forget Tom. This morning he says, go tell my church and Tim. Don't forget Tim. He says, go tell my church and Connie. Don't forget Connie. You see, I know, I know, there are many of you this morning, you simply need a do-over. Folks, I'm so glad that's what the Gospel is for. I'm so glad that we have a message of mercy, of forgiveness, of compassion, of love, of trust. Because I would not be who I am today if it were not for me being able to stand up and say, Jesus, I need to do over. 
I messed that up. I screwed that up. I went the wrong way. I, I, boy, I jumbled that one completely. I've completely made a mess out of every bit of that. I need to do over. And you know what Jesus does? Jesus does not step out and say, I'm going to call my church, but this time there's no do-overs. You see, when we played our games in the backyards, we would show no mercy. And we'd finally say, we've gotten wise to the overuse of that do-over, forget it. Nope. We would, we would put a stop to it right at the beginning. Aren't you so glad our Lord and Savior doesn't do that? Aren't you so glad that no matter how many times I stumble and that I fall, that I can keep coming back to His throne and saying, I'm sorry. Because every time, He simply lifts me up. Just like when Peter was walking on the water, and he takes his eyes off the Savior and he begins to sink. Jesus didn't say, I told you so. I knew you couldn't do it. I knew you were going to fall. He didn't say any of that. He simply said, here I am. Now, church, I know Peter never looked back. He was told that Jesus was going to meet them in Galilee. Just like he said he would. Peter says, I got to go. I got to go. I got to see him. I got to tell him. I got to go. You see, that was a big difference between the remorse that Peter had and the remorse that Judas had. Judas was just sorry he got caught. Peter was repentful. And so I've got to face my Lord. And when we do, and Jesus reinstates him, Jesus says, man, I, I knew it. I knew it all along. I knew it whenever I called you. I knew it three and a half years ago before you ever started following me that this is where we were going to end up. But I called you anyway. You're mine. Guess what, church? He's saying the same thing to you still today. He knew exactly when you were going to fall, where you were going to fall, how you were going to fall. You're, you're, there's nothing that you have done, will do, or, 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 or ever could do that's going to take him by surprise. And he calls you anyway. Because you're his. So church, Peter made the most out of his do-over. He never looked back. Did Peter make... Did he stumble along the way? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did he ever deny him again? Not one time. Not one time. He followed him all the way to his own death on his own cross. Church, what are you going to do with yours? What are you going to do with your do-over? Does it make sense? Because God calls you 
into His church for a reason. It's not just to sit here and look pretty every week. Though most of you do look pretty every week. That's not what you're here for. You're here to go make more disciples. He's called you in here so that... You, so that Because here we are, thousands of years later, still talking about the testimony of Peter. Still talking about the do-over of Peter. Still talking about when Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Guess what? We all have a testimony. We all have a purpose. We all have a meaning within His church. He has called you personally and said, I need you to go and tell so-and-so. Church? It's up to you on what you do with it. So, and I've got, I've got more, but I, I think you, you've got my, you've got me. So as Brandon comes, comes forward this morning, I got three questions for you. Three questions for you. Have you taken your eyes off of Jesus this year? Have you taken your eyes off of Jesus this year? Have you fallen under the water? Do you need to refocus? <laughs> Do you need to holler out and say, I need to do over, put me back up on top of that water, I need to start walking, I need to start focusing, I need to start looking at you again. Folks, have you taken your eyes off of Jesus this morning and fallen? Have you insisted on living your plan instead of following Jesus' plan for you? He's got a, he has a reason for you. He has a purpose for your life. He has a reason for calling you within His church. Are you living that out? Or are you still denying Him lordship over your life because there's a difference between following him as my savior and following him as my lord so have you taken your eyes off of jesus have you accepted him as savior but not lord or maybe have you denied him as savior altogether Hey friend, thanks again for listening. I hope this message was a blessing to you. For more information about our church, go to our website at www.stantonfcog.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Stanton First Church of God. If this message helped you in any way, hit the share button below. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, God loves you, and so do I.